This episode is called Young, Godly, and Talented. I get to chat to two beautiful souls about how they use their talents to glorify God in the entertainment industry. We chat very candidly about the many challenges in an often pressurizing and precarious environment and how they remain true to the faith despite these challenges. I'd love you to take a listen to the end for amazing surprise. You don't want to miss this. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pam and Friends. It's been a while, and I'm so excited about today because I have two incredible women who are friends of mine. They are young, they're godly, and they are talented women, and they're in the entertainment industry. And I thought what would be great is to get them to talk about how they navigate their faith and um, being in the entertainment industry and how they can also inspire other aspiring actors who are Christians who want to get into this industry. So without further ado, I'm going to get them to introduce themselves. Okay, over to you girls. I'm Rosemary and uh, I'm an actor, I'm a singer, musician based in, in the UK. And how long have you been doing this, Rosemary? I had my first professional job in, um, actually, I had my first professional voiceover job in 2008. Um, And, but I, I, I kind of decided to go for it professionally around 2011, so. Wow, we've got actual dates with Rosemary, that's great. Yeah. I'm um, Jill Marie Cooper. I am a singer, songwriter, artist, primarily, I would say. I um, did some acting when I was younger. I've done a little bit of West End here and there. Mainly I sing and I write songs. Fantastic, fantastic ladies. Thank you so much. So I wanted to start with you, um, Rosemary. So tell me, what do you enjoy most about what you, you do as an actor and a singer and a musician? I think I really appreciate the self-expression of those things and being able to tell stories in my own way. Yeah, that's what I love the most. What are um, some of the shows that you've been in? I've, I've, done, a bit of, I've done a bit of straight theatre. So theatre, which is just based on, on, on text. Uh, so no music involved in terms of performance, at least. Um, I've done musical theatre, I've done a bit of TV, I've done a bit of film. I'd say probably in the last few years, it's it's mostly been theatre. The last theatre show I did was uh, The Colour Purple. I'll tell you the last wow. three. So Colour Purple, which is amazing um, to be a part of. The Sarah Bareilles musical Waitress, I did that before. Uh, Colour Purple, the second time around, without confusing people. And the show I did before that was a straight play, which was uh, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child right. at the Palace. Mm. Amazing. How come you never got to invite me, Rosemary? You must invite me <laughs> one. <laughs> okay. I'm sure I did at some point. But... <laughs> Great. Fantastic. What yeah. about you, Jill? Can you remind me of the question? What do you enjoy most about what you do and what, what, what have you done? What are the shows or performances that you've done? 
Okay. I enjoy meeting different people a lot. I think I really like that about the job that we do. With some of the stuff I've done, they've been gigs where it's been lots of different times with lots of different people. And a lot of the time I'll just travel to a country to do like a wedding gig or a big corporate thing. And it will always be a different group of people. Obviously, that hasn't been the case of the most recent months because of the pandemic. But um, I really like the fact it's quite nerve wracking, but I love meeting new people and seeing new countries. I think that's a real blessing. And I didn't realise quite what a blessing that was, actually, until um, we had like over a year of not doing that. Right. And I really like the variety of it as well. Like I've done it. I've done one West End that was my most recent job, I want to say, before the pandemic, where I was in like a jukebox musical, but I could be doing that. And then, you know, the, the next week I could be singing BVs for somebody. And then the following week I'd be doing, being a music artist singing Motown stuff. Like it's very varied. Mm. And I like the fact that that side of it really keeps you on your toes as well. So I like that side of it, yeah. That's amazing, that's amazing. And so tell me, girls, what's the most challenging thing about being a Christian in in your industry? I think for me, it's maintaining boundaries, maintaining okay. boundaries, healthy boundaries, um, listening to your conscience, um, paying attention to content, you know, making sure whatever you do comes from a place of faith and love for others. So I think when you have those those things as your foundation, it kind of dictates what you end up getting involved in, if that makes sense. So that there's the right kind of harmony. Absolutely. And, but have you, I'm playing a little bit of devil's advocate here. Have you ever been tempted to, um, to sort of take a job because it offered you a whole lot of money? And have you ever had a, a moment where you've been like, okay, it's just this one job. Um, you know, this money is going to really be helpful and I'll just take it and then <laughs> reset the next time. <laughs> All the time. Right. All the time. Mm -hmm. And I, because I don't know who's going to be watching this, I'm not going to say what jobs specifically. But That's very wise. Good girl. Well, do you know what I mean? Uh, there ha have been some jobs where I've had people say to me, what are you doing? Right. Um, uh, or why did you take that job? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and at the time you kind of justify it in your mind. I'm paraphrasing, but there's a scripture that talks about how God is able to, when you're grateful, God is able to, to cleanse things, mm -hmm. you know? Um, do you guys know what I mean? Do you guys know which scripture I mean? It's a, uh, oh, actually, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, there's a scripture. Oh, gosh, I'm embarrassing myself now. You receive something. You receive it with thanksgiving and praise. And, and you know, God is able to... I'll find the scripture when Jill's talking. God is able to kind of make that situation clean. I, think, I don't think it's a literal thing. I think, obviously, it's a metaphorical thing. But I, I carry that with me sometimes when I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm being approached with judgment about right. certain things because I think mm -hmm. I think as actors as performers and I I don't really call it the entertainment industry for me it's more it's just performing arts yeah right and, is, is the scripture uh, you're talking about Rosemary there's now no condemnation mm. for those in Christ Jesus 
Is that the one you're talking it's about? It's not that one, but okay. I, it's not that one, but I... I, I amen I to mean, that. that <laughs> amen, exactly. That's a great scripture too, absolutely. But I think for, for, um, like, for people like Jill and myself, it's, it's really difficult to talk to people in a way where they're, they're able to understand what we do um, and that maybe it's, it's, it's just different. It's not like taking an office job and even within, I think, the, the church in general or Christianity, I think it can be difficult for people to understand that as well. But, but within that, though, like you said, you do have your boundaries and there obviously presumably is a line that you don't cross and you say, I'm not going to... Um, Absolutely. So I, I mean, take, take theatre, for example, I will instruct my agent not to, to submit me for certain jobs. Right. It's so I don't even have to think about it. Right. You know, so, okay, I know this job, I know they're going to call me in for this, please don't call me in for this. Or I will refuse a job, um, an audition when it comes in sometimes if you know the content my conscience doesn't really allow me to, to do it but I just with that I think everybody's different and there is no yeah. blanket yeah you know if you are a Christian that you must avoid this or you can only do that I think it's it it's it's down to the conscience really it's between you and God um I always say to people if you can justify it you know before God then, you know, go for it. But if you do it, you have to deal with the consequences that come from it. You know, um, be wise. Um, but yeah, I used to be quite cut and dry about things, but now I, I realise things are a little bit more grey. Right. I mean, obviously, that that's a, that's a whole other conversation we can have another yeah. day, but yeah. Yeah. And what about you, Jill? Yeah, I would say similar to what Rosemary is saying. In fact, to be honest, I had a lot of notes about what I wanted to say, but actually what Rosemary said has kind of triggered some of my own thoughts. I would say actually being a person of faith is a challenge because you have both sides of the coin. So you have the side in that you will step into a cast or an environment where more often than not, you're of the minority Sometimes there are other people of faith, but they seem to be the majority, just generally how it seems to pan out, unless you're in a Christian project that is ran by Christians. Generally, it seems to be that the ratio is more people of that course. don't have a faith base of any kind. I think just because of the nature of the arts and the kind of way it's gone over the years. So there's that challenge and the fact that you can sort of be on a tour bus, which is happened to me many times and get into conversations about faith and when you tell people that you're a Christian they automatically go to sort of well do you think this and do you think this and are you out to get these kind of people rather yeah. than what is your journey and how did you come to that but even though that's a challenge it's been a good challenge for me because I've got into some really interesting conversations through that and sometimes same thing as Rosemary having to decline even going for certain jobs having said that I do take it on a case-by-case -case basis I had a job yeah. not too long before the pandemic hit actually I didn't necessarily have to do anything that was unnecessary but just mm -hmm. some of it spiritually felt a little bit heavy right um, but I happened to meet a 
on that job that was really struggling within herself and her exact words to me were that she was struggling between heaven and hell she actually used those words to me and I sat with her on the bus on the way to the job and I prayed with her and to cut a long story short when I stayed in the hotel for that job I said to myself now there's this girl and I think she's going to come to the Lord but I'm struggling in this atmosphere what should I do and she prayed with me and I felt God asked me to stay in that situation right. purely for the fact of the person could potentially come to faith and that was important sure. for me because seeing God's mercy and that he can even work in that and for people not to feel like they're too far gone or they're too but I had to be very prayed, prayed up within that mm-hmm, so that, mm-hmm. that was a challenge but I think it's a challenge and you have to be very prayerful and keep good sound people around you so you can make those decisions from a place of wisdom mm-hmm. and also have people you can bounce off as well yeah um, I think the other challenge is the flip side of it, which was what Rosemary's talking about, is that, you know, sometimes I've had some really damaging, I, ha- I have to say it, and I'm sad to say it, comments from people within the church. Right. Um, I do. Um, and to be honest, a lot of the time, it will simply be the fact that I'm on tour. And I think people have this idea that because you go on tour, that everything's really wild and crazy. And a lot of the time, if I'm really honest, it's not actually that way. A lot of the time you're just sitting in a green room somewhere and a lot of the time you just go to bed after the show, but people have this idea that you're sort of in like the devil's playground and you're kind of, they make a snap judgment before they've seen the entire picture. Sure. Um, and I've struggled with that, especially as someone that worship, because I feel called to that industry because I've come from a background that wasn't, you know, I didn't grow up in a Christian family. I've, I've grown up around a lot of, dysfunction mm-hmm. um and i feel called to these kind of people but people that haven't been in those atmospheres will not necessarily un- understand that and will maybe make judgments on you as a person for that um of without course, understanding yeah. your walk being misunderstood i think a lot of the time so that was yeah. a long answer but it's a very complex subject so yeah absolutely yeah. i mean i think obviously um it it Thanks for sharing, you guys. You've been very vulnerable, but you know you're we're bombarded with the media. What we see that other people do, and so I'm not um, making excuses for people judging you, but I can understand why they would think that everyone is like that. Which is not necessarily the case. But you said something that's really important. I think in any sphere of life, whether you're in uh, the entertainment industry or your workplace as a Christian, it's always good to have grounded people around you, people who are supportive of you, people who you can, you know, bounce things off, pray with, encourage one another so that if you are in a situation where you are tempted to compromise, mm-hmm. um, you have someone you can be open with who you can um, can strengthen you in that situation, which is yeah. Which is and I've definitely had that. I've I've come across temptation of different kinds. I don't really want to go into the details, but um, and I've had to ring my cell leader or my Bible study leader and just be like, okay, I'm really struggling right now. You need to pray for me, right? I'm not, Absolutely, I'm very aware yeah. of who I am. Yeah, and I don't yeah. have that input into my life, and I'm not stupid enough. Sometimes I've nearly been stupid enough, but I'm right. I'm, I'm very self-aware and I know how sensitive I am. And I'm just like, help. Like, seriously, this is like, help, help, help. And I need you to ask me when I finish so-and-so 
am I back at my hotel okay and am I good because I'm a little bit tempted right now I just need you to hold me accountable and I think for me that's been really healthy actually just having those relationships and having those uncomfortable conversations. Another thing that I think um, is really important for people to know is that the Bible tells us that we are in the world, but not of the world. So we can't, we can't hide ourselves away in a cupboard and say, oh, we're not, you know, you're not going to live your passion because you're scared mm. that, you know, um, something's going to happen. So you are, but I see both of you as being a, a light in, 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 in your sphere of influence, right? Um, mm -hmm. You're quote unquote, an apostle in the marketplace. So you're, mm -hmm. you're showing um, your, your um, godly qualities where you are. So it's not about removing yourself from the world, but actually finding how you can navigate um, and be a Christian where you are and be a light where you are. Mm -hmm. I think once you're a spiritual person, you're very sensitive to what you're around. So therefore, if you are going to affect the atmosphere rather than let it kind of affect you, you mm -hmm. need to be prayed up. Because if you try and do it in your own strength, it's not going to happen. Absolutely. Human, I'm not I'm not any more special than the next person. Yeah. You know, I have to make yeah. sure that I'm constantly filling up in that sense spiritually yeah and I always say to people people tend to forget that the bible is possibly the most dysfunctional book ever <laughs> because you, right? you have you have total dysfunction you can just look at all the characters in the bible and um from David to Joseph to um Jacob um Abraham you know so many people we can think about in the bible who had dysfunctionality in their lives and and yet God used them greatly. And so um, this idea of Christians having to be strong and not commit any sin. And obviously we're not saying you need to go and do that deliberately, but we are humans and it's a journey, like you said, we're, it's a journey. And it's about, for me, I'm learning is about every day making a decision, being intentional about loving mm -hmm. God, wanting to do what is right. And that's half the battle. Wanting to do what is right is half the battle. So it's, it's, it's a daily walk. Um, it's a daily walk. And, um, you know, when you fall, you pick yourself up and you, you get back on that journey. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, totally. I think it's not thinking you've got it. Like you said, it's a daily thing. Yeah. It's, quite, it's like a one time. I'm a Christian, so I'm all right here. I'm just going to be there and I'll be cool. Mm -hmm. because Life doesn't work like that. Life throws you some mad curveballs and you yeah. have to be, it has to be a daily thing like any relationship, really. A relationship with God is the same in that sense. Absolutely. Amazing. So tell me, girls, um, obviously, I'm sure that the last 18 months must have been the most challenging for you guys in terms of your, your career because um, your industry was literally shut down. Um, what, how did you, what has that done for you um, or to you? Um, not just financially, but more um, personally, um, how has that affected you and how have you been able to sort of get around that? Um, that's a really good question. And I think, I mean, it's got so many layers to it, hasn't it? I think for me, I 
and I think Rosemary as well actually but she can speak for herself obviously I'm not going to speak for her but we were both in quite a um probably the best time in our career I would say we're both having from what I know of both of our stories because we're good friends is that you know we spent a long time working very hard and actually I think we both had a good flow of work up until the pandemic I would say um which was nice to see because I know her and I for some years had been since we met on a job that we did together um we were quite prayerful about you know being strong within that industry as well um so for me I mean it's an interesting one because my life was actually going at a very fast pace like I felt like I was I was traveling a lot I'm not gonna lie I was I was in a West End show for a bit I had lots of different things going on and actually, I wanted to get on with what I want to do as a music artist. And a lot of the time that was put to the side because of everything else I was doing. Because at the end of the day, London, living in London costs money and the flat doesn't pay for itself. So it was like I've just felt like I was constantly hustling to get the next bill paid and to get the next thing and to move to the next thing and to strive for it. So obviously when COVID hit, a lot of people were very devastated by that. And I won't say I wasn't worried because I was. Mm -hmm. but for me I'd wanted that quiet time to sort of regather and recoup with God for quite a long time right. to be honest I felt like I needed it it wasn't comfortable it wasn't it was scary like it was for everyone but I think also for me I think so much of my life was my career and I didn't get my worth from it but there was a bit of a lack of balance mm -hmm. as it and what I mean by that is how do I get up every day and when I've not got the next hit of an audience or the next um, tour bus I've got to get to at that time and the next I might get that audition and I'll wait for that call for that. When I haven't got that, how do I navigate everyday, normal, mundane life? Right. Not that I couldn't. I'm a fully grown woman. I'm in my 30s now. But through the pandemic, I learned how to look after myself a little bit more spiritually again, um, to get better at the things I want to get better at for when I'm eventually a wife in the future, like cooking a good meal or like being <laughs> at home and enjoying homely things and the really simple things in life that I felt like I hadn't had time for. And I was actually, right. don't get me wrong now, I'm quite looking forward to getting back to work because we've been here a long time, but um I quite enjoyed just having to be still for a bit, to be honest. To be mm. really honest with you, I, I really relished that time. And um, I was surprised at that and I was happy about that because then it means that when I go back to it, I'm in a more stable place and I don't feel so much like my life is going faster than I am spiritually. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So for me, it's been good. Having said that, financially, it's been challenging, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, but it's been good in the sense that I always wanted to write and release my own stuff and I started releasing my own music and for me that was a dream that hadn't it was there but I hadn't been able to really invest the time into right. it and much as we need money more than anything as human beings we need time to actually mm -hmm. it's one thing to say oh I have the time and I'll do it on the side but to actually especially as an artist, to what is it that I want to say and I want to put out into the world? And sometimes that takes time to actually let that marinate and actually go, okay, well, now I can stand on this and I'm ready to 
kind of this is what I want to say as a woman. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it, it, it's valuable time, but it hasn't been easy. And the uncertainty of it, especially like we're in our 30s, we're both, we're, you know, we're not kind of just fresh from college. So when you're trying to build a life for yourself and the finances that come with that. Right. Quite scary, you know, but yeah. So it's a mix of things, really. Thank you for that. Listen, I, I, I claim being in my 30s. I, I claim that. <laughs> you are, I'm not, not babe. I forget. You want to tell them your age or shall we keep it a secret? Let, let's keep it. Jill okay. knows my age, but she, I she's forgotten. I've got, I've got. Yeah, yeah, I know you've forgotten. But, but, because we, do you remember? Yeah, anyway, but yeah. Um, let's, let's carry let's on. Let's move on. I found that scripture, by the way. It's in 1 Timothy 4 verse 4. Uh, it says, for everything God created is good and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving. I knew it was that one, but I couldn't think of it. Did you? Yeah. Um, so that that helps me. Um, that scripture yeah. when I think, you know, when I approach work and stuff. Anyway, uh, yeah. So to answer your question, I think. Um, I mean, the pandemic um, took me from earning a really good salary to earning pretty much zero or next to nothing. Um, so obviously it, it wasn't only the loss of finances, but of, you know, livelihood in terms of career. Mm -hmm. And as Jill was talking about how hard, you know, so many of us have worked um, to build up a reputation in the industry and, and, you know, a bit of respect and a bit of success and, and all that. Um, so for that to have literally disappeared overnight, um, was very very difficult for me um to handle i think I, at the beginning I, I i appreciated the rest so we i was in a job at the time on the west end and we were sent home from work and then the whole of the west end went into lockdown as mm -hmm. the whole country went into the national lockdown that must have been and that was it yeah that was it and at first, as I said, I, I mean, I, I was very, very burnt out because I'd, I'd gone from one job to another job to another job to another job. And I, I was very, I didn't realize, also I just bought my first property. So I didn't realize how emotionally and physically burnt out I was. And I, I, I'd say after the first month of, of lockdown, of being in lockdown, I could see it. Right. But I think- Thanks, actually, yeah. Mm, but I think thereafter, I, I just had a very kind of serious conversation with myself and I realised that there's a reason why I, I was feeling burnt out. And, you know, Jill has touched on it slightly and I'll, I'll just elaborate a bit, but just in terms of not having time to do anything else other than what you're doing at the time, um, with certain jobs in the industry, they can be really all consuming. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, particularly theatre, if you're in a theatre job, it's really difficult to do other things outside of that because you're constantly in rehearsals, you know, you're doing eight shows a week. It's, it's a lot. Um, and quite often your days off are, uh, 
our antisocial kind of times. Um, you know, I remember having days off on a Monday and a Tuesday when everybody was at work. So, mm -hmm. you know, it was, you know, or you have a day off on a Sunday, which is great. Um, but that's kind of when people want to be with their families and stuff. So, and when you come home from work, it's usually around midnight or maybe 11 o'clock. Um, so that those normal hours between, let's say, 7 and 11, when you might want to meet up with friends, basically our, our work can be really antisocial. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I kind of sat down and, and, and thought about things and, and, and I thought that I, I don't want to be in a position going forward where I feel like I'm being held to ransom um, by a particular piece, by, by my work. Right. Basically, I, I want to be in a position where I'm earning more money and uh, spending less time, if you like, um, mm -hmm. doing certain things. Um, not, not, not to be lazy, but to be more efficient, if that makes sense. Right. So I, I, I decided to, to study. I decided to retrain and reskill. You know, performing is something that I'll always do. So that the, there was no, it, you know, it's not about leaving the industry or giving up or anything like that, but it's just about creating opportunities for myself to earn more money where I'm, I'm able to pick and choose the projects that I do mm -hmm. without feeling like I have to do something in order to keep my, my range of salary or in order to yeah. keep my lifestyle or, you know. Mm. so so obviously with our industry our industry was one of the toughest toughest hit um in that it's performance so <laughs> physically it's very easy to contract and spread the the pandemic right. through singing through you know physical contact um the lack of proximity people have on stage with each other or in concerts or whatever anything that you know involves having an audience and so we knew probably that the industry is going to be out for a long time and it mm -hmm. still hasn't really come back I mean bits of theatre are coming back now but in terms of large scale large scale events you're probably looking at the end of the year mm -hmm. and so I just decided right I'm going to use this time to to study mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm studying counselling I'm studying sound art therapy um, and hopefully these things will give me an opportunity to to have diversify my um my, my career um options and stuff and yeah give me a little bit more time um yeah amazing amazing I mean yeah. a lot of people have had to pivot in this time exactly, where pivot. things have have shut down or and they've yeah, had yeah. to find other things to do. And I think yeah, we're yeah. All, also living in, a, in an age where um, you have to find other ways of, of earning income. One, one thing mm. will not do it. Um, so yeah, good on yeah. you. Good on you girls yeah. for doing that. Yeah, what about, yeah. what about um, and this is a topic that I think is in the news now. What about um, mentally? How did that affect you mentally? So we it affected you financially but mentally um how did that affect you in terms of um being in lockdown 
um, you know, one of the things that I was actually talking to Rosemary a couple of days ago about this is that, um, and it was on the news, a lot of young people through this pandemic, it's have struggled with their mental health because of isolation and um, because they've either been on their own for so long um, and their friendships have been dis disrupted or just life as they knew it has been disrupted. And it's apparently unprecedented the level of mental health issues there are right now with people coming out of the, the, the lockdown. So, I mean, you, I'd love you to, guys to share if you had any of those issues in terms of feeling isolated or, or um, you know, just feeling like you were struggling mentally um, through it. Yeah, I think there are definitely a few times because um, as much as I did enjoy it, it's like in life, it's not black or white. It's not well, I enjoyed it and that was it. Like there were moments where... I think for me, especially because I've kind of had anxiety on and off throughout my life, really. And um, mm -hmm. I deal well with routine because it allows me a bit of structure. Right. And sometimes if I'm on my own for too long, my thoughts can go a little bit wild because um, I'm a creative. And I think I learned from that, that that's why I started kind of um, working on music and stuff, because that allowed me sort of an outlet to to put emotion, to put expression, where I'm not just sitting in my room by myself. Obviously, I was for some time, but I, you know, a friend gave me a microphone and I was able to then kind of start writing and doing stuff in lockdown and just being creative with that time that I've got mm -hmm. with my brain. Um, because it's a very creative brain. And when you've been used to being creative your entire life and then you're not in those social situations or you're not allowed out in those group situations where that's kind of can flourish, if you like, um, mm -hmm. then you have to find other ways of doing that. So just keeping myself active. Um, but it, it, you know, it did have its moments. I can't, I can't lie, but I think mm -hmm. you learn what your rhythm is. And for me, having a routine is something that when I don't have that, I get a little bit freaked out and I kind of lose sort of have a bit sure. of a wobble just yeah. make sure I get out and get some you know sunlight every day even if it's pouring with rain in good old England mm -hmm. and yeah. sometimes just calling friends in the industry that are going through the same thing and just yeah. praying and being like look I'm having a really bad day today like I'm yeah. really not doing good today. I, I, I feel like I hate my life today and that's sure. actually it's okay to have days like that. It's just okay. I think it's just important to not let yourself live there and just to, you know, I don't know. There's no sort of cut and dry method that goes across the board, really. But there were definitely some moments where I struggled mentally, for sure, mm -hmm. um, and had to. But what that did do for me is I think there were some things for me that I'd skipped over for a lot of years, just like, um, just some healing things that needed to go on and the pandemic has done what it has done in that sense is it's allowed me to do some of the inner work on that yes that I think is actually a healthy thing but sometimes when life especially London life is so fast-paced yes we really could just have that time to really um to almost do like a self 
in inventory really and just kind of have a look at what's going on and just being like well, where am I where mm -hmm. am I not what do I need help with so it was it was up and down for me honestly so yeah that's me <laughs> yeah how about you Rosemary yeah I think I've actually found the last leg of the lockdown the hardest yeah me too. um yeah really I think the that? last I think it just the, the whole sort of time scale of it. Because it's going think, on for a really long time now. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's just going on for way too long. And I think just, um, yeah, particularly over the last three, three weeks, you know, when mentally, you know, something's about to end or come to an end and you also know you're not in a position to be able to rush it, rush the end, you know. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes that can cause a bit of anxiety. And right. I think for me, the, yeah, definitely the last three, maybe the last month has been so difficult. Um, I mean, it's all relative, isn't it? I, I appreciate that there are people who are in worse situations, definitely. Mm -hmm. But I think it's just the prolonged isolation, as you say. I mean, I live on my own, so... Um, you know that's that that can present challenges of mm. its own um but also having so much time out from doing what you love you know um like i'm sure jill agrees that like for us it's our calling what we do you know some people just think oh yeah, you know, you prance around on stage or in front of a camera <laughs> and you pick up a microphone or you sing. Blah, blah, blah. But actually like a, like the priesthood, like, you know, being a doctor, you know, it's not rocket science, but I, I, I equate it to um, being a calling for me. You know, this is what God has um, given to me to do as work on this earth, you know, mm -hmm um as you said Pam to be like a vessel a vessel of God's love and light to the people around me to people of this industry and so I think just having that separation from that calling for such a long period of time it, it's hard because for me performing whether it's singing whether it's acting it's it's what I also do to connect with God. Right. It's part of my spiritual connection with God. And so when that's not there, um, I feel it. And I think that's partly what's been very, very difficult um, over the last, the last few weeks. You know, sure. it's just that kind of, oh, gosh. But of <laughs> course, you know, you can, you know, as Jill says, you know, she's been really creative at home in her own time and stuff. Um, I've been doing that a little bit, not as much as I, I, I should be, um, but really the studies have kind of taken up a lot of my time. And also I'm working part-time for the NHS. So I'm, I'm just really looking forward to coming out of lockdown. Mm. Like it just needs to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah just, really can I, soon. Sorry. Can I just pick up on something Rosemary said? I think that um, is important as well for other performers. I think, and it isn't the first time that I've heard um myself and Rosemary say 
you know, the, the last part has been the hardest part because I've had a lot of my friends in the industry say that as well. And I think the reason is, this is a theory I've come to, um, whether it be right or wrong, I don't know. But um, I think performers, we're really good at thinking on our feet. And I think when it initially happened, right. back in March or whatever it was, you know, there was this thing, it's going to end in June. So we were all like, okay, June's going to come and... And then it went on a bit longer and then it went on a bit longer. And mm -hmm. I think as performers, because we always thrown curveballs really, aren't we? Like whether it be go to an audition or learn a song in two days and or whatever it is that you might get thrown at you by your agent or uh, musical director or whatever it is. We're quite used to having to think on our feet. So I think for the first sort of six months, we're all kind of, like just like okay we can do this because it's only this amount of time we're used to having short jobs in the music industry and in the entertainment industry because a lot of the jobs are short periods of time mm -hmm. so that i just kind of see it as a respite but then i hear what rosemary's saying because as it went on and on it was like oh okay but this isn't just another little stint of something in my life this is something that we actually don't know when this is going to end now mm -hmm. and it's the uncertainty um, that's I think that's mentally what is difficult because yeah for me I'm quite good under pressure so if you throw me a like oh it's going to be six months I'll be like okay I just need to fight through the six months but when then it just goes on and on you're just like okay I can't I can't do this yeah anymore. yeah, yeah. So, and, and quite and quite often you know it's always you know when you know when people are waiting for something it's quite all it's quite often the last bit that people give up the last furlong or, you know, and, and the, I remember that meme that was going around uh, a few years ago, you know, victory is just around the corner. And then you've got this person who gives up right before he right. gets to the corner. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm always quite mindful of that, you know, and um, I, yeah, yeah. So it wasn't, I, I think it's a phenomenon that happens. I, I think people, generally they 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 you know they're able to tolerate something for a really really long time and then just you know for some reason right at the end they're like all oh, right i've had enough mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, yeah yeah but like you said to be honest i i think the pandemic has forced everyone to sort of take a step back and you've had we've mm -hmm. been forced yeah. to it's given us the gift of time whether we liked it or not and in that time mm -hmm. we've been We've all had our own issues to deal with. For me, it's been my health and having to persevere through that. And, you know, you guys know a little bit of my story, but um, yeah. So I think it's, it's, it's been challenging, but it's also been a blessing for, for a lot of us mm -hmm. to have that time to mm -hmm. reflect, to learn, to persevere um, and um, self-reflect, as you said, you know, look inward and and to change the things that we need to change uh, that you know our busy lives would not have given us that time if we weren't forced to sort of slow down so which is really good yeah so moving on swiftly to something a lot more um less um i suppose intense i want to talk about romance <laughs> um so tell me girls romance um what is the situation and um you know what what do you look for in a significant other um, especially for girls like you who are so busy 
um, you know, doing shows, it must be quite difficult to sort of find romance um, in your industry, or maybe not difficult, but you know, you know what I mean, to, to sort of have a um, time for it and also find uh, um, a significant other that shares the same values as you do. Mm. Yeah. People don't realize how antisocial our industry is. Uh, we, you know, we work stupid hours and, and actually we don't have that much time outside to socialize. Um, obviously the job itself is, is, um, a, a, a really social job you know we it's based on social interaction really arguably so in terms of romance I mean I I'm I'm single <laughs> I've been single for a while but that's partly because I'm I am waiting for someone who's spiritually suitable mm-hmm. um, and I think for me the things that mean the most to me are that he's kind he's he's generous he's gentle he's humble but also that he has a unique relationship with God um not and he's not religious necessarily so spirituality Mm -hmm. over religion um Mm -hmm. is something that I think I realized quite recently that I really value that Mm-hmm. And you, Jill, you're smiling from ear to ear. That that tells me something. <laughs> um, you tell. I'm quite. I'm personal with my personal life. I'm dating someone, oh. and I like them very much. They have really good values. They're very kind. Um, in a similar industry, they also have a faith. Thank you for sharing. So, listeners, Rosemary is available. <laughs> She's oh my goodness can you imagine <laughs> <laughs> yes <Okay>. please <laughs> so um tell me um what's on your bucket list what what if you guys have a bucket list what's on your bucket list that you I don't want have to, one you don't have one okay I don't have a bucket list yeah but is it is there things that you would like to do you know it doesn't have I have to- goals oh yeah, I have goals. I don't have a bucket list because bucket lists are, are a bucket list is something you things you want to do before you die, right? Is that what it is? Yeah. Well, mm. yeah, things you want to yeah, things you want to do while whilst um <laughs> whilst you're on this earth. <laughs> I, I we, we will be here until you know we'll be here for fifty years if I if I share. So okay, so I, let I me let me list. narrow it down. Tell me one thing that you want to achieve before the end of the year. Oh, sure. This is one of your other questions. Um, I, I have a lot of things I want to achieve, but the one I'm going to say to you now is I want to learn to drive by the end of the year. Oh, that's a good one, Rosemary. Very good one. Mm. Very good yeah. one. I mean, I, I, I've learned to drive really late in life. I didn't learn to drive till I was 35. Um, that was quite. Oh, really? Weird. Yeah, and the only reason I actually learned to drive was because I had a, my daughter, and I wasn't, you know, about to start yeah, pushing yeah. a buggy on the train and all that. So, um, yeah. So I had to learn to drive. So I learned quite late. Did you learn? Did you learn automatic or manual? 
oh gosh, automatic. Yeah, that's manual. What you, do. <laughs> you can't be it. doing manual <laughs> while you're trying to navigate a child that yes, is exactly. at the back, you know. Um, yeah. yeah, I was one of those. Um, I didn't enjoy driving. You know, there are people who say, oh, I really love driving and everything. For me, driving mm -hmm. was a means to an end. And um, exactly. I only drove when I absolutely needed to. And as, I, as my daughter got older, even though I had a car, I stopped, I stopped, you know, we would take the train or walk to places. And now mm -hmm. that I live very central, I, I took the first opportunity to sell my car. I was like, don't need it anymore. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 How yeah. about you, Jill? What would you like to achieve? One thing you'd like to achieve before the end of the year? Well, actually, I hadn't thought about the driving thing for a long time because basically I was going to, I was very intentional about the beginning of 2020 that I was going to learn to drive that year. And Me then, too. of course, March, March came and we were locked in our houses. So right. um, I'd probably like to do the same, actually, in all honesty. Um, but also just to, I'm working on like a batch of new material music wise at the moment. So to complete that by the end of the year, I mean, at the moment we're on track number one. So let's see how that pans out. <laughs> um, so um, that would be nice. I'd like to do that. But at the same time, um, yeah, yeah, no, I'd like to do that. I think that would be something I'd like to do by the end of the year as well. Yeah. Great. Fantastic. So just to end it off, um, what advice would you give to um, aspiring actors who are Christians who want to get into your industry? What, what, what advice would you give to them? I think the first thing, and I always say this, is know your why behind it. Like, why do you want to do it? And really ask yourself that before going into it. Because I think a lot of people like the glory side of it, and a lot of people want all the frills of it. But you have to be really resilient to be in the arts, in any form, really. So you have to know your why. Are you doing it because you really love to express yourself and you're passionate about it? Or are you doing it because someone told you this is what you should do? Like, really know if you have the uh, stamina for and and have a, and work on having a thick skin, I would say, as well. <laughs> um I would also say stick to your convictions. So don't try and change who you are fundamentally, especially as the person of faith, to fit into an industry that is changing all the time. The opinions change all the time. The same people that build you up will be the same ones that will knock you down. So the, I think the strongest thing you can do to keep yourself sane within that is stay true to who you are within that. Mm -hmm. um, and also... I would say have people around you that aren't just yes people and tell you what you want to hear all the time, but have real people in your life, real friends that really love you. Not for what you do, but for who you are. And they know the who you are that's away from the stage. Um, I think that's really, really important because there can be a lot of superficial friendships in the entertainment industry. So to have those core people that you know really have your back and really have your heart mm -hmm. is absolutely crucial, I think, if you're going to make it. So that's those are mine. Amazing. That's great. Yeah I, think, yeah, I think for me, um, my advice would be to hone your craft. Mm. hone your craft um there's no shortcuts 
Mm. Um, but also always be teachable. You know, it doesn't matter how long you've been in an actor or a musician or singer or performer, whatever, for, um, you know, there are always things you can learn. Um, there's always room for growth. So always, always, always be teachable. That's fantastic. That's great. And that's actually a life lesson, not just for, for your industry. That's a life lesson. Remain teachable. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. So thank you, ladies. It's been absolutely amazing having you on the Pam and Friends show. And Come on now. Uh, for our listeners, um, I thought it would be an absolute travesty if I did not get these girls to showcase their amazing voices. So um, they, we're going to end with them singing Amazing Grace. And I hope you guys enjoy it. And see you next time. Thank you, girls. Take it away. Bye. Thanks for having us. Bye. Bye. Yeah.